You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, and when I'm not doing this, I'm running about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. What we have up there, Stardom Sitem, my column every week is The Decider. We also have the sleepers and bus picks here for this week. Check those out, as well as my picks straight up and against the spread you can also look at, and we do look at the games from a gambling perspective as well when we break them down. We have to break down the second half of the games. So we'll do that here on today's show. Week four, we have some big, big games to talk about. We got the Packers hosting the Steelers, the Patriots hosting the Buccaneers in the much-anticipated revenge game for Tom Brady, and then closing it out with an intriguing game there, the Chargers and Raiders, two teams rising in the AFC West. So eight games we'll talk about here. If you missed our breakdown of the eight earlier games of the week, check that out on Matchup Wednesday. It is Matchup Thursday, so we'll move on. And a lot of good stuff to talk about on today's show. And we want to give you the full breakdown here. And we'll start in a very good spot here in the 1 p.m. Eastern Time window. We have two more games to talk about that will be played then. One, another little revenge game going on. Andy Reid... Unfortunately, he didn't feel well after the game last week. It was a tough loss to the Chargers. Hopefully, he's good to go here because he returns to Philadelphia. This might be the last time here playing in Philadelphia, unless he's coaching for another eight years, that he's going to have a chance to return where he started his coaching career, had success, got to the Super Bowl. We know he raised that in Kansas City by winning the Super Bowl, but certainly some personal pride on the line here as Eagles no longer coached by his uh, former offense coordinator, Doug Peterson. We know Nick Sirianni struggled a little bit out of the gate to kind of figuring out how, what to do with his offense. So let's start with the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, we know the baseline is always there. He's going to get multiple touchdowns. The defense is pretty good, but I think the defense will struggle like a lot against the Chiefs and come down to earth. I know they've got some good play up front. Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, that's been a pretty good combination of defensive tackle for the Eagles, but... Still could get run over. And we saw that by Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys. Their secondaries played pretty well, but Darius Slay getting a little older. I don't think he's a guy that can keep up with Tyreek Hill anywhere on the field one-on-one. So Eagles have been playing too deep to protect against the big play. Not a surprise here with the Jonathan Gannon defense. So let's see if they get protecting against the big play. It's been tough for Tyreek because teams are taking that away. And that means Travis Kelsey is feasting. They're on the short or intermediate because that's what's available. And the run was available for the Chiefs against the Chargers last week. They took it, didn't win the game. They had too many turnovers, and their defense didn't stop much. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a big bounce-back game. So when you look at the Eagles here, uh, offensively, Jalen Hurts should have to put the ball up in the air opposite to Mahomes quite a bit in this game. Miles Sanders, can he have the rebound game that we saw from Clyde Edwards-Alaire Last week in a different matchup, we'll see. I think this is an opportunity to get him going, get him the ball. We know the Eagles did not uh, really uh, run as much as they should have against the Cowboys last week, and it really put them in a hole. They were in a negative game script for most of the game, but it started out where they weren't interested in running here either. So a lot of uh, weird stuff there. Miles Sanders uh, managers have to be frustrated here. We'll see if they can make an overcorrection commitment. The matchup is good enough to get him going. Kenny Gainwell, the rookies, had some moments here, but 
you got Hurts, the running quarterback. It's going to open things up in your running game. Let's get Sanders the ball. The matchup is really good. And your secondary for the Chiefs is banged up, but you also have two struggling young receivers there, Devonta Smith and Jalen Rieger trying to get open here against the Chiefs. The Chiefs might also be protecting against a big play here, knowing that Rieger has speed. Smith can also stretch the field. So, again, the running opportunities are going to be available. Another thing that should be available, and I think this is important for the Eagles, is the 12 personnel using the two tight ends here. With the Dallas Goddard looked really good last week, getting open the middle field. Zach Ertz scored a touchdown. So let's get the ball to Goddard and Ertz more to really help Hurts uh, here and uh, what he can do. And uh, if these receivers are struggling, go there. We do have the Chiefs uh, having a couple injury issues with uh, Javaris Ward and uh, Rashad Fenton. There are two corners there. So that could open up some opportunities for the Eagles in the passing game. But again, I expect some running. Hurts is going to be fine. He's a backdoor QB1 this week until he kind of settles everything down. So I'm going to avoid Smith and Rieger. I'm going to really invest in Goddard. Does Zach Ertz? You could play in deep leagues if you're really hurting at tight end, but stick with Miles Sanders. He can at least give you solid flex production, but I think he's going to be more of a strong RB2 this week in this matchup. The spread is of seven points in favor of the Chiefs, 54 and a half. So we're expecting a lot of points on both sides in this game, a rather high scoring affair. And I would expect it lives up to that. And the, Eagles kind of keep it close by uh, running a little bit to uh, settle Hurts here this week. Now for the Chiefs, we know that uh, it's, again, Tyreek Hill getting loose has been difficult. So expect a lot of Kelsey. He's going to smash it as the top tight end as usual. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, we're going to keep playing him. The Eagles did struggle, and they allowed the Cowboys to run pretty effectively, whether it's a lot of Zeke Elliott or a little bit of Tony Pollard. So, yeah, they got to keep feeding CEH. they got to protect their defense, move the ball a little bit, do that, set up some play-action opportunities. So I think him and Kelsey are going to be fine. I think Tyreek Hill definitely could have a bounce-back game at any point because he can work the slot, get open that way. they got to scheme him open. I think that's going to happen a little bit more. So get-well game for him, get-well game for Sanders, I think, as teams look at what they didn't do the previous week and try to get that involved. And this is critical, I think, to get Hill going. So Hill will be fine. I'm not sure if he's going to have that smash game where he can have two long touchdowns. I don't think that's going to come here with the way the Eagles play defense, but I think you can have a solid high-volume day uh, playing with Kelsey here for very productive for Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes locked and loaded as a high-end QB1, as he usually is this week. The Chiefs' defense, again, if they were full strength, I would like them. The concern here for the Eagles, their offensive line really hurting. Jordan Maletta, the left tackle, is kind of uh, very questionable to play. You have Lane Johnson, they're hurting. Uh, so this Eagles front, uh, just a lot of injury issues they've been kind of navigating through early. So if the Chiefs can get to full strength, that's the key. Can Frank Clark return? And I might like the Chiefs defense to make a few big plays in this one, but I also think the Eagles, after the sloppy performance against the Cowboys, were hurts through a pick six. They'll be careful. So I would not play the Chiefs defense if I can avoid it, but if you're deep league and stuck, I think they have a chance for a big play this week. And uh, Harrison Butker, lock him in at kicker for you. I'm not going to extend beyond Hill and Kelsey in the pass game or Edward Delaire in the running game. And Mahomes uh, ties it all together here for Kansas City scoring output. Let's go to our last 1 p.m. Eastern Time game. This is a massive spread in favor of the Buffalo Bills. They're a 15.5 point favorites. It was actually as high as 16.5. 47 is the over-under, however. So not expecting a lot of points uh, from the Texans at all. Let's get the Texans out of the way. Brian Cooks, he's the only guy you're looking at. You can't look at the backfield. Two-committee approach with 
David Johnson and Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram. No, we don't want any part of that. We're not going to force Anthony Miller in the lineup against this tough Bills D. Brandon Cooks, you're going to hope for the best out of uh, him. He gets the job done every week. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. I just think it's going to be more another modest day for him. I don't think he gets to the 100-yard barrier here with Tredavious White and Teron Johnson, some of the guys they have covering for the Bills. So modest day, wide receiver three, solid, uh, maybe drop into flex this week, uh, half and full. He's going to be a little bit more effective in uh, those formats for PPR versus standard this week. Cause, and Cooks is probably going to be limited overall with the yards and uh, maybe being kept out of the end zone as well. But you always have garbage from Cooks. The Texans are going to trail big all the time. They're going to have to throw quite a bit. Cooks is a guy that can get open with his uh, speed and quickness all over the field in any matchup, and they can use him as a cog where he's not running the traditional routes downfield. So Cooks, again, can produce no matter what. So stick with him. Here, even with uh, Davis Mills, as we saw, that wasn't an issue in week three on Thursday night. Now, with the Bills, who do you not start in this game? That's that's a good question. you got to keep rolling with Josh Allen as a high-end QB1, maybe the top on the board for a second straight week. You also have Stephon Diggs. I think it's a big bounce-back game for Diggs. He's going to go off in this game. It was a lot of the other guys doing damage, but we saw what DJ Moore, the alpha, did for the Panthers in the previous game against the Texans. So this is a Stephon Diggs game. So keep that in mind. So we can't go with Emmanuel Sanders. We can't go with Cole Beasley. It's going to be Allen and Diggs having a lot of fun here. The guy I think that is going to be involved is Dawson Knox at tight end. He's come on, if you start looking at what his role is, two red zone touchdowns the past uh, couple weeks. He's getting his legs under him and being an athletic target here. His hands and routes have improved as well. So I think Dawson Knox is going to be a bigger part of what the Eagles or the Bills want to do here, and and we talked about uh, them trading for Zach Ertz. The reason that they did not trade for Zach Ertz is the fact, uh, speaking of the Eagles, is they had Knox, and they had some high the kind of expectations out of him to finally break out. He's uh, tantalized a little bit in this offense, but certainly now, as you look at the way they're using him, it's, it's uh, going up here. So, again, I think he's going to emerge as the guy that uh, gets the most consistent looks versus uh, Sanders or Beasley in this offense is uh, Allen trusts him a little bit more. We look at the Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Moss is kind of taking that over maybe, but Singletary could be a hot hand kind of game flow approach who they like in a certain game. But Zach Moss is a guy that seems a little bit more playable than Singletary. But in deeper leagues, uh, they should be playing with a lead. So both these guys could get the ball quite a bit in the second half here once uh, Allen to Diggs get some big plays, and Allen to Knox, I see that connection hooking up for another touchdown this week as well. So, sneaky play, if you're running a tight end, Knox is a guy you can stash right now. At least as a tight end, too, they can play in the proper matchups, and the Texans would qualify as such. The Bills' defense, smash spot as well against Davis Mills. They're playing outstanding football here overall. Taylor Heineke was frustrated last week. Uh, We saw them pitch a shutout the week before against the Dolphins. So this Bills defense is legit with Gregory Russo, now the rookie, revving up their pass rush. So it should be a big game all around with sacks and takeaways for that Bills. D uh, kind of throwing back to their best days of the past on that side of the ball. Now we do uh, have to talk about six more games on the show. We will do that. But hey, fantasy football fans, this is Vinny Iyer with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about it. It's called Get Upside. My listeners 
are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get your cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. They get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN there at GetUpside. All right, let's uh, continue the show. We've uh, taken care of all the early games, Thursday Night Football, the 1 p.m. Eastern Time games. Now it's time to go to that 405 425 window that we know about for the late afternoon. The marquee game, it's actually a four or five game. This is two undefeateds. So they're just not getting love here with the two fan bases. So they should be getting more attention for this game, but it's kind of overshadowed by the Steelers and Packers and Bucks and Patriots. But the Cardinals and Rams, two red hot offenses, great for fantasy football, hooking up here. In week number four, somebody's got to lose here and fall out of first place in the NFC West. 54.5 is the total. The Rams are 4.5 point favorites just on that cusp of that four points you're looking for. We know how that uh, transitions here. So, yeah, I do like the Cardinals to keep this one rather close. Uh, they have enough offense and they're diversifying here. So let's look at the Rams and start with them. Matthew Stafford, yeah, lock and load him as a QB1. You love uh, Cooper Cup, and Cardinals are terrible in the slot, too. It seems like every week the Rams get a team that cannot cover the slot. It also could be the fact that Cooper Cup is very difficult to cover for anybody, but Cooper Cup, that train should roll. I think you'll see Robert Woods get more involved, actually, this week. And I think you'll see uh, a little bit of uh, Tyler Higby fade here. So I think you'll see more of Robert Woods than Higby. That's the kind of deal we're looking at. Cup is going to get his, and he's going to go off, but it's all about... Who is Matthew Stafford going to incorporate next? We know he's always looking for that deep shot there to uh, either Van Jefferson or Deshaun Jackson. That's always going to be in play here against his Cardinals secondary. So let's hope uh, they get a little bit more short to intermediate working here with Woods. Here, That would be nice. Maybe get him going in the slot to, to wake him up a little bit because he can run those uh, slot routes as well, replacing Cup and getting Cup on the outside. So... We want Robert Woods to get going. We want him to get some attention here from Matthew Stafford. This looks like a good opportunity here. Again, the Cardinals a little bit better against a tight end than outside receiver. So Woods and Cup, inside or outside, should be pretty good this week. Daryl Henderson, we'll see if he can return from his ribs injury. It's a tough one. He got uh, banged up and uh, had to miss the game. But Sonny Michelle did also look very good. Why this is important, the Cardinals' run defense, pretty vulnerable. We've seen it here. They let James Robinson have a big game. Uh, there, so they did uh, do a good job against Derrick Henry in week one, but Robinson got going for the Jaguars last week, and the previous week it was a lot of uh, Dalvin Cook having big-time success, so there's something to be said there. We'll see Michelle and Henderson. I think it's harder to trust either one should Henderson return, but should Michelle be the guy? I think he's the guy that you can definitely plug and play in the flex here in this matchup uh, where the Rams should score a lot and have some scoring opportunities and not nearly as tough a run defense that the Cardinals have that the Bucks do. For the Cardinals, Kyler Murray locked and loaded as a QB1. DeAndre Hopkins, a little concerning here. He played through the ribs injury. He wasn't all that effective. Now he gets Jalen Ramsey potentially. So, yeah, you're going to play DeAndre Hopkins if he's out there. You just have to accept what he's going to give you here. He usually is a gamer and can produce even when he's banged up. But 
getting hurt with the ribs and not practicing and having those issues and then seeing Ramsey, that's a double dose of uh, concern here. But he, he's going to get the job done. Murray will with other players. Just be prepared if Hopkins has a more limited game there that doesn't really show up too much unless they can get him off that Ramsey matchup. But Ramsey's going to follow the best player. He's not going to necessarily go after A.J. Green, who was a beneficiary last week of Hopkins being slowed down. But the Rams secondary is really tough here, so... It's hard to recommend A.J. Green or Christian Kirk or Rondo Moore here, even if uh, Ramsey is on Hopkins. You'll have some scoring. It's just hard to predict where it's going to come from. I would say they probably want to get Rondo Moore involved more than anyone else because you got to get the ball downfield to the others or more. You can get in the open field here. So Christian Kirk is more of a deep threat, and Green is more of that veteran guy who can get open but still slower here. So I think it would be a more game if anyone over Green and Kirk in this uh, particular matchup. Cardinals defense, Rams defense, you're sitting them. I would also sit Chase Edmonds and James Conner. This is starting to get into an ugly split where Conner's getting the power touches and the touchdowns. Edmonds is getting the receiving work. So I just don't love this matchup. I think the Cardinals are going to have to throw quite a bit. bit and I think also involving Moore and Kirk also can uh, hurt Edmonds and Conner in this type of matchup. So great uh, time they had last week. Conner with the multiple touchdowns. But this week, uh, park the Cardinals' backs if you can, if you have... More viable alternatives for RB2 and Flex, respectively, for those players. All right, let's uh, go to our next game, also involving two teams from the NFC West. Uh, these are the two bottom teams right now. You have the 2-1 and 49ers hosting the 1-2 and two Seattle Seahawks. 52 is the over-under here in San Francisco. Three points, so we're expecting a shootout back and forth affair. Both of these defenses look terrible, so... Let's start with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. This one's easy. He's uh, high-end QB1 this week. The 49ers cannot cover DK Metcalf. They don't have the size. They don't have the ability. We saw Devontae Adams go off against his 49ers secondary. They're very desperate. Here, Josh Norman is now hurt in the back end. So is Kawan Williams. So this could actually be a game where Metcalf and Lockett go off. Lockett dealing with a hip injury early in practice, but he should be fine. But this is a chance to get both of those guys going. We know there's big plays to be had as well on top of Adams. There for the Packers is uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling was involved. So I, I could see this being a Metcalf-Lockett very fruitful game. We like Russell Wilson and DFS this week. We'll talk more about that on lineup Friday. But yeah, I, I think he's going to have a big, big game working those two wide receivers uh, interchangeably here against his depleted 49ers secondary. Seahawks offensive line is actually playing pretty well. Chris Carson falls into solid RB2 category for me. Seahawks defense not touching. Gerald Everett is on the COVID-19 list. So he's not going to be available. So that could even mean more targets there for Metcalf and Lockett, especially with D. Eskridge also hurt with a concussion. So a lot, a lot of uh, Metcalf and Lockett. Uh, both, I think, could finish as wide receiver ones this week. And that's why I really like Wilson to be a very high-end QB1 and uh, deliver. Could be the top scorer on the board this week against the 49ers in the, one of the higher scoring games of the week. Now, on the 49ers side of things, can't start their defense with just Nick Bosa and Fred Warner trying to keep things alive with Dre Greenlaw out in a lot of their corners and Javon Kinlaw not up there up front. So the 49ers, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo not going there. I just don't trust his usage with Trey Lance. I do like uh, Trey Sermon a lot if he goes here as the starter. I think he'll get more of an opportunity to get going early. They need to establish the run more effectively here to set up things in their passing game. So 
I'll see that. We'll see if Elijah Mitchell can return from the shoulder injury. He's limited in practice early, but he was limited late last week and, and couldn't play. So still a ways to go before Mitchell can get in there to complement or start over Sermon. So we'll watch that. Kyle Juszczyk, I don't think you'll see that uh, gadgetry as much this week if they feel comfortable with Sermon there in the red zone and scoring situations and uh, catching the ball. So we'll see how that goes. But Sermon has a big opportunity should uh, Mitchell miss another game this week. So Sermon more... A flex play. The matchup is really good. The Seahawks are the worst run defense at this point in the NFL. Just got destroyed by Derrick Henry there. And uh, Alexander Madison took care of business uh, in week three. So, yeah, I like Sermon maybe to have a breakout game here if he's the man over Mitchell, who uh, still could need some more time to return for San Francisco. George Kittle, let's watch him. He has some calf soreness there that uh, should be fine. But, you know... George Kittle is always a work in progress with durability and all that. So he had a big game last week. I think he could have another big game against the Seahawks. I like Debo Samuel and uh, potential Brandon Ayuk this week. So, yeah, all the guys that you can get in offensive principles there that you would normally look at, do it here, and, uh, except for Garoppolo, just because we know that Trey Lance wrinkles there, the running in the red zone, so that can limit some of the key scoring chances here for Garoppolo there in this game. But it should be a fun one. I do like the Seahawks to win with Wilson rebounding after they fell to 1-2, and two, and uh, both teams ending up 2-2 two and two after this game. All right, let's go to our last uh, uh, afternoon in game that we'll talk about in this segment, the late afternoon. The Ravens and Broncos. Uh, the Broncos are one-point underdogs at home. They're 3-0, 45.5 is the over-under. The Ravens leading the AFC North technically at 2-1. and one. So Lamar Jackson early on the injury report with a back injury now. Here's a concern with the other part of their backfield. Uh, looking at Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray, it's getting pretty ugly for this Ravens backfield, and the Broncos are not a very good matchup up front for them. The Ravens uh, could be without Ronnie Stanley again and really hurting, uh, so that's a concern. So when you look at that, I can't recommend the backs at all. I mean, it's getting piecemeal. It's not automatic with this running game anymore. They're trying to open it up in the passing game, so really... Go to principles that we trust most for the Ravens. That would be uh, Lamar Jackson. Should he be healthy? Let's just track that and make sure the back doesn't tighten up or cause more problems here this week. Uh, I think he's more of a back-end QB1 until they can solve some things around him. I'm not going to go to Sammy Watkins this week, but feel good about Marquise Brown. You can plug him in as wide receiver three in this matchup. Mark Andrews is always a tight end one there. Uh, I think the Ravens defense and the Broncos defense potentially playable in this one. And uh, Justin Tucker, I mean, high altitude, coming off a 66-yard game winner last week. Justin Tucker's in there. Brandon McManus, if you need some kickers, not a bad place to look. Uh, that over-under, I think, is going to go a little higher, but you're going to have a bit of a field goal fest in this one as well. The defenses are playable. I don't think you're getting a lot out of them, but you can uh, get some decent performances with some of the issues up front for both teams. The Broncos have two guards hurting here, so that's something we're going to watch here with the Dalton Reisner and uh, Graham Glasgow hurting. So Ravens uh, need to get better inside and getting after the quarterback. Maybe that will help uh, Calais Campbell this particular game. So there's a lot of opportunities here for uh, both defenses to be effective and then the kicker. So getting in the weeds there, but defense and kicker can be viable. With the Broncos, uh, not looking at much here. Uh, Cortland Sutton is the way I'm going. And uh, you got to maybe uh, look at the backs having a heavy role here. The Ravens are banged up up front. Broncos offensive line, hopefully uh, Glasgow and Reisner will be okay to help Garrett Bowles here. So yeah, you're going to keep sticking with 
Gordon and Williams. They're just getting the job done. More dropping them down to flex options. Uh, Gordon did have a bit of a ribs injury that he's dealing with and missed practice, so something to watch there. But Gordon and Williams, they want to run the ball quite a bit. Uh, Cortland Sutton, you could play Tim Patrick if you're desperate, but he falls into more flex spot this week for me, while Cortland Sutton is a uh, wide receiver too. The Ravens' uh, secondary Again, is not that great right now without Marcus Peters, so it opened things up. But yeah, that's how we look at him. Sutton wide receiver two, and uh, Patrick Flex, and uh, Flex for the two running backs there. I'm going to avoid Teddy Bridgewater in this one. The the total is too low, and it could be tight in a run-heavy game. He definitely disappointed last week against the Jets, where they didn't have to throw it all. So this game, I think, is going to be more of a battle attrition, where a lot of success on the ground. I just don't know who's going to do it for the Ravens, but I'm pretty sure it's going to split the same way for the Broncos in this game. All right, so that takes care of five games on the back end of the week four NFL schedule. Took Looking at it from a fantasy football perspective, we got three more big ones. That would be the Steelers, Packers, the Bucks, and Patriots, and the Raiders, Chargers. We'll close with those games all the way through Sunday night, Monday night football in our final segment. I do have to remind you about rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. While you're doing often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, and wait, wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on the computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home in your pocket. Why should you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Just take the Honda Odyssey fuel pump. You can get it for $353 from a chain store, or you can get it for only $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. I needed a side mirror cover for my Ford C-Max. They had it. I needed a side console, console cover for my Honda Accord. They had it as well. So it doesn't matter how old your car is. Look at uh, rockauto.com. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution you need for your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car. Truck right locked onto their How Did You Hear Bus box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need to find them at rockauto.com. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the Gridironers teams are back to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With new updates, site interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline are your online sportsbook expert. All right, time to close the show and our double dose of matchups here and look at the biggest games of the week here. Steelers, Packers, 45.5 is the over-under right now. 6.5 point favorites the Packers are in this game. So let's start with them. Aaron Jones, a bit of an injury ankle that he's dealing with but he should be fine was limited early in the week so we'll monitor that so if you have to pivot to aj dillon that is available but i would think right now aaron jones is going to suit up and be good for the packers tough matchup against the steelers we know they contained uh, joe mixon last week but he's aaron jones and this offensive line is playing really well let's hope that elgin jenkins the left tackle can be healthy enough to play that would be a nice boost for this uh 
Packers front against uh, T.J. Watt and company for the Steelers. But temporary expectations. I don't see a big Jones game, but he'll put it together here with enough rushing yards and uh, receiving checkdown work against the Steelers. Devontae Adams in another good spot. The Steelers are giving up a lot of big plays downfield. Steelers also struggling at slot, so we'll see if they use Alan Lazard more. He could be a sneaky pivot from uh, Marcus Valdez-Scanling if you're looking in tournament plays and DFS. But MBS, by the way, dealing with a hamstring issue, didn't practice early in the week. So something we're going to track there. So Lazard might have an opportunity here to complement Adams well in this particular matchup. So let's watch for that. Robert Tunyon not trusting him at all. The Steelers are pretty good against a tight end right now with their linebackers and safeties. And Tunyon is seeing a very low volume. So look, try to find another alternative. Maybe Dawson Knox, as we mentioned there. I would uh, look at Knox over Tunyon this week. Would uh, not surprise me at all if Knox has the more comfortable game easily this week. So keep that in mind. So yeah, you're going to watch the MBS and... Uh, Lazard, if MBS is there, I think he has some uh, wide receiver three value in a deeper league, especially standard, and looking for the big play. But Lazard could very well be busy should uh, MBS be out here and complimenting Adam. So look at that. Aaron Rodgers, I think it's going to be a solid game, not spectacular. We see the low point total. He's still passable as a QB1 every week, but I think more on the back end this week against that tough Steelers D. All right. For the Steelers, uh, offensively, they might get Deontay Johnson back from his knee injury, but... They also could lose Juju Smith-Schuster. He's dealing with a ribs issue and could miss time here. Ben Roethlisberger looked terrible. He's playing through the pectoral injury. So let's hope that the Steelers' offense looks a little bit more legit. But the Packers' defense starting to put it together here with Joe Barry. I expect a lot of running with Najee Harris, a lot of short passing with Najee Harris. So with that volume and half-point, full-point PPR, I think he goes to RB1 status here in the top 12. So we like that. Chase Claypool... Should uh, one of those receivers sit out, I think it's going to be more likely Juju than Deontay this week. He has an opportunity. So Deontay, Juju, get them in your lineups. Uh, for Or Chase, uh, get him in your lineup over Juju if that should happen. So, yeah. So Steelers, uh, they're going to have to throw to these guys quite a bit. It could be check down, shorter passes. But the problem is with uh, Chase Claypool, with the buyer beware, or Deontay Johnson, is you have... Uh, Jair Alexander on the other side. So the Steelers are going to have to scheme those players away, but Alexander can only take one of those guys there this week, and it could be Johnson if he returns, and that could be a break for Claypool in this game. And again, not playing Roethlisberger. Steelers defense I would park as well against the Packers on the road. Uh, Not interested in Chris Boswell or anything in the special teams either there for Pittsburgh. All right, let's uh, go to the next game. It's the Bucks and Patriots. This one, uh, I'm surprised it's a primetime game because I don't think it's going to be close. It's going to be pretty much all Bucks. They're only seven and seven point favorites in a 49 and a half over under. The Patriots' defense is pretty good, but their offense is really shot at this point. So the Bucks are going to have a lot of fun in this game. Tom Brady's good to go. He's going to light it up here as maybe the top QB on the board. He's going to take this revenge game for all that it's worth. The running game is pretty shot here with Gio Bernard hurting. And Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones not being effective. So it's all about the passing. We'll see if Antonio Brown returns from the COVID-19 list. That's going to help. It's a revenge game for him. Rob Gronkowski dealing with a ribs injury. I think he'll play. There's no way he's going to miss this revenge game and be out there. He's just sore a little bit early in the week. He gets veteran rest anyway. So, yeah, I think the narrative is going to play out. Tom Brady is going to get the ball in the hands of Gronk. He's going to get the ball in the hands of Antonio Brown. And not just because he wants to throw it in Bill Belichick's face. It's also the fact that you have 
Secondary with J.C. Jackson back there. No Stephon Gilmore. If uh, Gilmore and Jackson were out there, they would uh, be able to contain both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But they got to take one of those guys away. I think it's going to be more likely to be Evans. But everything else is going to be open. And we could see a scenario like week one develop where Evans was quiet, but Chris Godwin went off. You had Antonio Brown do his thing. Gronk go off. So that's how I see it developing here. The Patriots can only take away one thing. The problem is the Patriots... Can take away one thing. The Bucks have several things that they can work and create nightmares for the Patriots. So Tom Brady's going to anticipate what they might take away. He's going to just look for the next guy. So yeah, big game for Brady. And again, I see it being a Godwin-Brown Gronk game a little bit more than Mike Evans. That said, I'm not going to sit Mike Evans. Those guys are in your lineup as much as possible. Brown is the guy that's week to week making a decision there. The other three are in. And I feel good about the Bucks, but avoid the Bucks backfield. I think you'd also play the Bucks defense. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, we'll see if he can return from his injury this week. That would help the pass rush. And we know for the Steelers or, or the Patriots, they have a, a little bit of offensive line concerns at the tackles. Isaiah Wynn and Trent Brown are both a little banged up here. So it would be huge if they can get JPP on the field with Shaq Barrett to go after this team, get some sacks. We know Mac Jones can be very giving with the ball when he has high volume and is pressured into mistakes. That's going to happen because we know the Patriots are not going to run the ball effectively. So sit Damian Harris if you can. I would This week, he could get some catches there to help with James White out with the hip injury, but that's how you're going to have to put it together. And thinking half and full, you could extract some flex value from Harris, but in standard leagues, do not like it at all with the Bucks run defense on the other side. The Patriots are going to try to run. That's going to be the deal. So I really like uh, Jacoby Myers at wide receiver. I think you can look at maybe Nelson Aguilar or Kendrick Bourne if you're really desperate. But Myers is the guy in the slot. The Bucks are really struggling. Jamel Dean could also miss time here with uh, Sean Murphy bunting already out for the Buccaneers. So you look at uh, the inside of the field, Myers, there's some trust there. And I can see the tight ends also getting going. More so Hunter Henry than Jonu Smith. Bucks in the middle of the field, most vulnerable at this point. But you still have Carlton Davis and some guys on the outside. We'll see if we'll see much of Richard Sherman here in his debut, if at all, learning this uh, new defense. But, yeah, it's going to be really tough for the Patriots to do anything in this one. So if I'm going somewhere, it's Myers. I'm trying to avoid the backfield if I can, not touching Mac Jones, not touching the defense, nothing there. But I think it's going to be all bucks. Every buck is key. One guy's going to be quiet down, and my bet it's going to be Evans this week in this matchup. All right, let's uh, close looking at the Raiders and Chargers. This is a 52.5 point uh, over-under. Three-point favorites the Chargers are. I do like the Chargers a lot in this game. So roll out your principles. Justin Herbert's on fire. He can uh, finish in the top five again at QB against his Raiders defense. You also have uh, Austin Eckler doing his thing here. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, roll them all out. The one guy I would avoid is Jared Cook. It's a revenge game for Jared Cook. Don't forget about that this week, but... They're not going to have to go to him. It's Justin Herbert is a guy that looks to his wide receivers and Eckler, not as much as Cook. We've seen that again here after Henry had limited results in a Chargers uniform last year. So that's what we're seeing. So Keenan Allen, wide receiver one. I think Mike Williams again, a wide receiver one. You look at Eckler right there, borderline RB1 this week. Herbert's a QB1. Chargers defense, primetime emotional bump can make some plays here. The Raiders are overdue for a mistake-prone game here, especially from Derek Carr. So not feeling Derek Carr, not feeling any of his uh, wide receivers this week. The Chargers secondary is pretty good. Overall, they have Asante Samuel Jr. making plays. So really going with uh, Darren Waller this week. Whoever runs the ball for the Raiders, I'm going with him. Whether it's Peyton Barber or uh, 
Josh Jacobs, should he return? I think I'm leaning towards Barber right now. Jacobs uh, still may have a little bit of a long way to go before getting on the field. So looks like a Barber-Waller combination here. Again, Carr is going to crash down to earth at some point. It's going to be pretty bad, and I think it definitely could happen here against this Chargers defense on the road at night. I mean, the Raiders have been very fortunate. They won a wild shootout with the Ravens. They won a overtime game again against the Dolphins last week. The Steelers they beat, but the Steelers we know are not very good at this point. So Chargers are legitimately the best team they've faced in the toughest situation, and you'll see uh, them uh, kind of crack here in the passing game more so than in the running game. You want to attack the Chargers on the ground. We saw that with the Cowboys. We saw that with the Chiefs. The Raiders are going to do that. So that's why it's important to play Barber. If he's the guy, he's definitely ahead of uh, Drake, so it's really about Josh Jacobs playing or not in this game for the Raiders. There you have it. There's a look at all now 16 games on the week four slate. We took half the games on matchup Wednesday, the back half today on matchup Thursday. Tomorrow, tomorrow we'll finish the week with lineup Friday, put all our information into the DFS blender and spit out uh, the core players there that we want to target in lineups all across points for price points here for DraftKings and FanDuel. So we'll get into that. We'll also give you the injury updates you need to know and have a reaction here as needed to the Jaguars-Bengals game on Thursday Night Football. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Locked Today. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. That wraps up this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. Good luck if you've got any uh, Jaguars and Bengals going. And uh, we'll see you on the flip for DFS Talk Injury Updates tomorrow.